From our studios in North Florida, it's in black and white. And now your host, the baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, patriots of all ages, welcome to In Black and Right, the new definition of color commentary. As always, I am your baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks, also your tour guide through the wackadoodle world of Joe Biden's America. And believe me, it's more wackadoodle every day. But with that being said, uh, before we get into uh, today's adventure in podcasting, I uh, just want to let you know that, hey, you can uh, get a hold of us, send us an email, uh, give us a shout out at inblackandright at gmail.com or our website inblackandright.net. Uh, also, just wanted to let you know, uh, as a, a, a show note, that on Friday, I'm afraid there will be no uh, WTF Friday because I will be on the road. I will be traveling and unfortunately I will not be able to get an episode in on Friday, but only for that Friday. So you get a, so you get a kind of a three-day weekend uh, while I'm out in uh, Jacksonville uh, at an event uh, this weekend. So I do apologize up front, but hey, don't worry. Uh, we'll probably just kind of do WTF Friday on Thursday. And <laughs> it'll be fun. And I'll tell you about uh, I'll tell you about the weekend then. But well, for now, today we still have the continuing misadventures of Joe Biden and his classified documents. Uh, we're still looking to uh, find out what's going on. And there, I mean, there are so many revelations, so many questions that the mainstream media will not ask, uh, questions that really do need to be asked instead of this whole nonsense of trying to spin a narrative where, oh, well, it was just inadvertent. It was an accident, which, and if anybody believes that, you're an idiot. I'm sorry. I'm just going to be blunt. You are being played like a Stradivarius. Because I'll guarantee you, what we're dealing with here, ladies and gentlemen, as I will say once again, and have said before, we are dealing with actual big-time felonies. You know, Trump and Mar-a-Lago is not a scandal. But it's just smoke and mirrors, designed to put into the minds of either low-information voters or people who are suffering from Trump derangement syndrome or whatever, that, oh, this was criminal. This was absolutely criminal. See, he did all this stuff. It's like, no, 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 no. What Joe Biden did is major news. Trump, it's not. He actually secured the documents and even had the government's help to do it. This, however, is a whole different ballgame. Classified documents that have been held in Joe Biden's office and his home in Delaware and probably other places. But where are the FBI SWAT teams in full tactical gear? Nowhere to be found. The media is silent. 
And the Democrats, now that they are in the minority again, are still coming up with the same smoke and mirrors. It's a song and dance, folks. I mean, it's worse than a Broadway show. So, yeah, we've got all that. And I, I may get into that uh, maybe tomorrow because I want to see what if there's any more revelations. I mean, we had it over the weekend, uh, more classified documents being found. But what's really blowing my mind is what's with these lawyers? The lawyers who are finding these documents without security clearances. And, and, and again, I'll explain it. Uh, sensitive compartmentalized information is very tricky. You have to have protocols. You have to follow the protocols. And pro part of the protocol is that little thing called chain of custody. Chain of custody. If you don't have it, uh, something's just not right. And it's, I mean, who, who handled these? Who maybe saw these that weren't supposed to? Oh my goodness, the questions abound. And they're still going to be there. And they're still going to need to be asked and answered. So between uh, James Comer, the chair of the House uh, Oversight Committee, and Jim Jordan, who's over on the Judiciary Committee, this is going to be a real interesting uh, little trip down the rabbit hole. And of course, the National Archives aren't helping, and they're just going to be little uh, pissed off librarians. Okay, I'm sorry. I mean, forgive, forgive the language there, but I'm trying to keep this a family show, but when you see the arrogance of these people say, oh, no, we're not going to do that. And then, of course, let's not forget the Department of Injustice. It's like, well, we can't comment on an ongoing investigation. Well, too dang bad. Because one way or another, your special counsel, which is a joke, this Robert Herr, and I'd love to get a little bit more into who he is and why he is nothing short of a swamp creature. Uh, that's going to be fun enough in itself, but let's take a look, though. Today, I mean, some interesting news from the Midwest, the state of Indiana. I have, there are some great friends that I have in Indiana, wonderful people, but get ready, Indiana. You're about to get a shakeup uh, in your GOP. Now, Senator Mike Braun, the current senator, has announced that he is running in 2024 for the governorship of Indiana. Uh, and I think Mike Braun, if I completely missed my guess, <clears throat> excuse me, would make a great governor for a great red state like Indiana. And I think, okay, fine. But now, uh, Indiana Congressman uh, Jim Banks has now today announced that he's going to be seeking uh, the U.S. Senate for Mike Braun's old seat, which I think would be really nice. I really think it would be, but some, you know, and I think he would be fantastic. I really would. But I was watching his interview this morning on Steve Bannon's War Room, and 
He was doing great. He was doing great. I mean, because if any and if any institution in this country needs a major league shakeup, it's the United States Senate. It really is. And to have someone like a Jim Banks become senator would be pretty darn good because he would join people like J.D. Vance from Ohio, uh, Mark Wayne Mullen from Oklahoma. These are real fighters. These are guys with real conservative creds. But during his interview, he mentioned that he would like to connect up with fighters in the Senate like Tom Cotton. And I'm like, whoa, hold up. What is he talking about? I, I, it just, Tom Cotton, a fighter? Tom Cotton, Republican of Arkansas? I said, you can't be talking about the same guy. Tom Cotton, along with his fellow Arkansan, Senator Boozman, both of them voted for the monstrosity known as the Omnibus Bill. Now, you know, apparently Tom Cotton has become a Zelensky fanboy. Oh, we have to send all this money and support to the Ukraine. Uh, excuse me, uh, Senator Cotton. What the Sam hell are you thinking, dude? You voted, and also your fellow senator from Arkansas, you screwed your own constituents, number one. Number two, you have screwed over the, um, the members of the Arkansas delegation in the House with this nonsense. And what you've done to the people of Arkansas, I mean, even though you got a great governor now and Sarah Sanders, I think she'd be fantastic, but uh, Tom Cotton, dude, you need to basically step up and admit you screwed up. You screwed the pooch, buddy. And you've screwed the pooch so bad, you're making dog breeders come to tears. What you've done, and along with Boozman and all the other supposedly Republican senators, along with Mitch, the <clears throat> son of a <clears throat> McConnell. Yeah, and you're like, Tom Cotton is not a fighter. He's a freaking neocon. I don't care if he happens to have a military record. He's still screwed up. He's still screwed up big time. He gave essentially the gavel to Nancy Pelosi in the House, even though she's not speaker anymore for one more year. And you've tied up the House, the MAGA House, in their ability to use appropriations as leverage. You screwed up. And yes, Tom Cotton, you and the other 17 spawns of Satan calling themselves Republicans need to admit you screwed up. But you won't because, you know, oh, well, we have more money for defense. Big freaking deal. Big freaking deal, Tom Cotton. No, you screwed up, buddy. It's like you want to give more money to the Ukrainian border than you do for the U.S. border. I mean, come on. Don't tell me that Arkansas hasn't been affected by this invasion of the United States. And what you've done is essentially tied the hands of the Border Patrol 
and you haven't helped your fellow Arkansans. So frankly, sir, unless you're going to finally admit and have some integrity that you really messed this one up, then I'm going to essentially do whatever I can to tell all of my friends in the beautiful state of Arkansas that you are not worthy of re-election. You're not even freaking close, buddy. You're not. And you're not much of a fighter. So to Jim Banks, I say, hey, no problem. Go help the people of Indiana, but choose your allies carefully. Tom Cotton is not your friend. He is a neocon. He is a rhino. And if he's willing to bend over and grab the ankles for Mitch McConnell, he's not much of a fighter. He's not. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry if there are my friends in Arkansas think that Tom Cotton's all that great. It's like, uh, dig a little deeper. Dig a little deeper because whatever excuse he's going to use if he runs for re-election, this needs to be brought up in his face continuously. And yes, it's like, no, he needs to be reminded he is not a fighter and he's a screw-up. He needs to be reminded about this vote on the omnibus bill and what it's going to do to not only the House, but for the economy. It's not going to help. It's not going to help the Ukraine. I mean, good grief. And there's going to be no audit of the Ukraine. You're just kind of like, okay, bend over, grab the ankles for Mitch. And, oh, this is going to be our top priority. You're an America last guy for doing that. I don't care if you've got an R by your name. And frankly, what really bugs me about some of these red states uh, and these establishment Republican parties, there's a lot of corporate influence. A lot of corporate influence. I mean, consider Arkansas. What big company happens to be based in Arkansas? Can anybody say Walmart? That's a multi, multi-billion dollar company that can have a whole lot of influence on Republican politics. And I'm willing to bet it has. I am more than willing to bet. Maybe even in the case of Sarah Sanders. But she just became governor recently and you know, there's no way to tell until she actually governs. But I'm willing to bet that she will be more MAGA, more America first, more Arkansas first than Tom Cotton and John Boozman, both senators. I mean, you also have the same problem in states like South Dakota. John Thune, Mike Rogers, both of their senators voted for the omnibus. They bent over and grabbed the ankles for Mitch. Now, I don't know what big, I'm, I probably need to do a little bit more research, but I don't know what big company happens to be uh, in, based in South Dakota, but yeah, you, you've got a lot of these. You, you do, I mean, Georgia, I mean, goodness. Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola. Headquartered right there in the ATL, right in Atlanta. Oh, yeah, they, I'm sure they've got uh, uh, an influence in Georgia politics. I'm willing to bet, and this is why you've got a messed up GOP like they do. And come 2024, Georgia is going to be one of the new battleground states. And Kemp, 
And Raffensperger, please. I pretty much, I, I'm not going to hold my breath with those two clowns. I, I really won't. Ugh. So, anyway, uh, rant over, but, yeah, uh, Congressman Banks, I hope you do well in your Senate race, but don't look for people like Tom Cotton to come alongside you. Don't do it. You will be continually disappointed. Stick with people like J.D. Vance, uh, Mark Wayne Mullen, some of these other uh, new senators. Uh I mean, I don't know yet about Katie Britt uh, from Alabama, but, you know, still, you know, go with those who have proven to be uh, real fighters, who will stand for America first, who will support President Trump. <sighs> Ugh, excuse me. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty wild. Uh, as far as that goes. So, let's see. Let's take a look and see what is next on our uh, adventure in podcasting today. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. In a related story, at least I think it's a related story, uh, you have this messed up alliance with these uniparty people and one of them I am sad to say and I'm ashamed to say happens to be Senator Tom Tillis of my beloved home state of North Carolina to your tar heels why did you why are you keeping this clown in the US Senate he has nothing he is essentially nothing more than a uniparty and when it comes to the issue of immigration which is huge he has aligned himself with Kirsten Cinema of Arizona, Democrat turned independent. And I don't think she's really all that independent. She'll caucus more for the Democrats than anybody else. But this whole concept of amnesty? I mean, come on, people. Are we really that stupid? I mean, really, we have to see. It's how many news stories? If you've actually been paying attention, have you seen about the southern border? It's an invasion. El Paso, Texas is nothing more than one big migrant camp. One big huge homeless camp with all of these people coming to the country. And I'll tell you, what I'd love to do, um, there are two uh, reporters, investigative reporters from Real America's Voice, Ben Burkwam, Cool dude, met him, uh, I've met him uh, at both CPACs last year. And Oscar Blue Ramirez, they both work for Real America's Voice and right now, right now they are traveling from Venezuela to the southern border of the US to show and film what's really going on in the border, in the whole illegal immigration situation. I mean, their stuff already has been blockbuster. It is a mind blower. It will really take your breath away what these people have to go through. But now when you have people like Tom Tillis, Republican and Uniparty, with Kirsten Cinema, who I'm sure is going to be trying to run for uh, re-election in 2024 for the Senate, 
I mean, they're pushing this stuff. I mean, I saw a story from Breitbart, Breitbart News, and the headline, Republican Tom Tillis on Amnesty. CEOs need affordable migrant labor. From a supposed Republican and the fact that he comes from my home state, just, it saddens me and pisses me off at the same time. Sorry, folks, but it does. It makes me angry that someone from my home state wants to take American sovereignty, the American border, and trash it. All because of what? Cheap labor. That, my friends, is why Republicrats, the uniparty types, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, that, that is their kind of talk. It's their kind of talk. This is ridiculous. We've got so much going on. Over 5 million and growing illegal immigrants coming into this country ever since Biden was in office two years ago. And it's growing. The border is a mess. You even have people like the bald black buffoon of a mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, saying, hey, we're at a breaking point. We need help. You know, you also have Chicago. Uh, Mayor Beetlejuice, Lori Lightfoot, same sort of thing. They don't have the resources. You know, it's rules for thee and not for me. And yet, the very same sanctuary cities, like New York, like Chicago, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Portland, Oregon, Seattle, and now you have two senators saying, working on some really whacked deal to try to give amnesty. Well, if the MAGA House holds their ground and these idiots in the Senate want to send over some type of amnesty bill, it's like, no, that thing better be DOA, dead on arrival. Because if Schmucky Chucky and Mitch, the son of a <clears throat> McConnell, want to play games, hey, play a little hardball with them too. Let's see how much of a spine Kevin McCarthy really has to stand up to these people. I would love to see it. Because remember, you've still got some 20 or so real Republicans, real conservatives, real America firsters and MAGA who are gonna who will absolutely turn on McCarthy the second he goes weak. You only need, according to the new rules of the new of the new, of this Congress, one member. All you need is one to call for a motion to vacate the chair. That's all you need. And we're going to go back to the first week of the new Congress again, you know, trying to deal with McCarthy and, and confidence in him as a speaker. Because I'll, as speaker, because I'll tell you, credibility still means something. And if he does that, if he goes weak, boom, boom and boom. Now, he, there may be enough votes to keep him in, but boy... I'll tell you what, these people, the, the 20 real Americans, the Freedom Caucus 20, are going to make life in the Congress a living hell. And they deserve it. So here, you know, and I'm looking at this story from Yuma, Arizona, down the southern 
part of the country, of, of the state, you know, and here's, you know, here's cinema in her home state and making it look like an absolute moron. Now, this is interesting reading just, I, I want to read just the first part of this story, but oh my gosh, it's, it's, it's insane. Now, this is the story from Breitbart, dated today. Politicians tried to hide the pocketbook politics of, of migration, but Senator Kirsten Sinema accidentally let the cat out of the bag during a staged PR event when she asked a plain-spoken mayor what he wants from a 2023 migration bill, or why don't you just call it illegal immigration bill. Now, apparently, the mayor of a small Arizona town said, we need cheap labor, responded Gerardo Anaya, the mayor of Somerton, an Arizona agricultural town between Yuma and the Mexican border. Now, Senator Tillis rescued, and that's the actual word from the article, rescued Cinema's PR event by rebuking the mayor's frank admission. I wouldn't call it cheap labor, Senator Tillis said. I would call it affordable labor because one thing that you all know, the lettuce can grow on either side of the border and if we don't come up with solutions for a sustainable workforce, we're going to be importing lettuce. Now this is stupid. I mean, I've heard this argument for years. Oh, we need the people to come and pick the fruit and pick the vegetables. It's like. Well then, fine. If you do that, come up with some type of a program. But just to let everybody just come on in, every Tom, Dick, and Harry, Juan, Juanita, I don't care, to just come on in and put an already excessive strain on resources because and send them out all over the country. I mean, you're, you've got states, red states, that aren't happy with that because they have to spend more for education, for healthcare, for public safety, infrastructure, and that's just the short list. Because, oh, well, here you go, here's a uh, phone, and this and that, and all these, you know, we'll get you this, we'll get you all of these, uh, like food stamps, uh, Medicaid, or some type of healthcare that is going to cost Americans, taxpaying Americans. That's the bottom line, and that's what people need to keep in mind. You can be all nice and, oh, yay. It's like, no. No, no, no. Don't be stupid, people. Please keep in mind. Let's, let's stick to reality. You not only have economic migrants. These are not asylum seekers. This is nothing more than the vast majority are economic asylum seekers. They are not... It's, you know, it's like, no, they're not asylum seekers. They want a chance at jobs. And you want to talk about cheap labor? Once again, Tom Tillis, have you not figured out yet that the people who are going to be the most adversely affected with all this, with these depressed wages, are going to be Americans, black Americans, Hispanic Americans, American citizens, dipstick. And coming from my home state, I'm a fifth-generation Tar Heel and proud of it. If you're going to do this type of stupidity, 
your sorry carcass needs to be kicked out. You know, you made you want to make a deal with the devil. Well, then at some point, the devil is going to want his due. Yeah, so keep that in mind, Senator Tillis. Now, cinema doesn't bother me because she is that type. She is that much of a knucklehead. Same thing with the new governor, the illegitimate governor of Arizona. She's a major league knucklehead. Ugh, but that's neither here nor there. So yeah, that this is reason why you need a Jim Banks in the Senate to deal with these yahoos uh, in, uh, in the, who call themselves Republicans and call them out and fight them and make life as miserable for them as possible. Ugh. Anyway, last thing I wanted to get into today, which is hilarious to me, it really is, because this week the World Economic Forum is back at it in Davos, Switzerland. Now, as these globalists and elitists gather together to figure out, uh, kind of adjust their strategy because the Great Reset didn't work, it didn't work. Because people caught on to it real stinking fast, at least here in the U.S. So they don't really push the whole Great Reset uh, narrative anymore. And, you know, you got all, they come in from all over the world and to reveal how they're going to control the world and make the life, livelihoods and lives of people like myself absolutely miserable, even though they believe themselves to be the smartest people on the freaking planet. But apparently, as you know, you can go to Switzerland, you get all this opulence and luxury and these conferences, you know, you get maybe a little bit of, a, you know, a bag of swag or something like that for your participation and for coming. But apparently, uh, there's one thing that's missing. Uh, and this great story from Breitbart says it all too well. Demand for prostitutes spikes in Davos as World Economic Forum begins. <laughs> they, these are people who are like stinking rich, powerful, whatever, but they're hard up for hookers. They just, oh, well, we want escorts and they want prostitutes. They want, uh, they're looking for hookers. The World Economic Forum with some of the richest, most influential people on the planet, and they're looking for hookers. They're looking for escorts. <laughs> it's hilarious. Oh, okay. Just reading the first couple of paragraphs of the story, I'm just like, oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> hang on for this, folks. Sex services are reportedly in high demand in Davos this week, with multiple publications reporting numerous prostitutes and escorts as descending on the Swiss ski resort as it hosts the annual conference of the World Economic Forum. The spike in demand is not unexpected, with The Times publishing an expose back in 2020 on the annual meeting describing it as a den of prostitution and predators, quote-unquote, with professional sex workers attending Davos in large numbers. I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh, it's a... 
I'm, it's a crack up to me because the very same people who are preaching to the rest of us in the world about climate change, flying into Davos on their private jets, leaving one heck of a large carbon footprint, now believing themselves to be so above it all and so moral, and they're looking for hookers. <laughs> they're looking for hookers. I'm like, oh my, 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 my. This is hilarious watching some of this. It really is. I mean, and these are the people who want to rule the world, control your lives, and micromanage the living daylights out of you? Oh, man. Can somebody help? Can a brother get some help? That's just crazy. Just listening to that. But what the hey? Remember, these people are globalists. They believe that they are above it all and they can do whatever the heck they want and have no real consequences. So this is just one of those, <laughs> oh man, oh man. I'm just going to leave it right there. That's just crazy. <laughs> but my friends, I'm just going to say so long for now. God bless. Have yourself a great evening. I will talk to you all tomorrow. And as always, Patriots come in all colors.